Okay, I guess. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode three, right? Yeah, episode three, yeah. Our fourth one. Wow. Um, hmm. Where do we start? <laughs> well, I guess, first off, thanks to everybody who listened to the last one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks Pretty for the much feedback. Was, was the first episode that blew up. Um, I guess that's thanks to Larry, right? Yes. For yes. We had, a, we, had a, we had a good guest. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yes, thanks to everyone who gave feedback on the length, on everything. We really appreciate it. And, um, yep, we're back with another one. So, we'll see how this goes. Okay, so, subject matter for today. Um, Ezra, do you have anything you want to talk about? I think I took some notes on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) You should see the phone he's talking about that he took notes on. You pity him. (laughs) So here's the thing, um, my notary got, um, what's it called? It, it fell. Yeah. It fell some, um, a couple of weeks back. So, um, stopped working, stopped charging, basically everything stopped. So, um, I had to use this little Nokia I've always had on me as a second phone. I had to use it primarily for a couple of days and in the process I got used to it and, um, decided, okay, you know what, um, it was almost time for me to change my phone anyway, and I have my high set on the Nexus, um, Nexus 6P. Mm. I was like, okay, um, I mean, why don't I just chill until that phone comes out and then reward, do it as a reward for myself for staying off the internet, or staying off the mobile internet for a couple of days. And I think that's been working well. I mean, now I take notes. Who knows? Even here, I could take notes on this phone. On all those T9 keyboards. Wow. <laughs> You're brave, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, random question. Um, do you know this um, old phones and the way telephone exchanges used to work in the past? Um, do you know where this With the rotary phone? Oh, no. No, actually, I don't. Do you never try to figure... Would you never use any of them? Any I of used them, but at that point in time, I don't think, like, my interest was, <laughs> okay. like, how does this work? Oh, okay. Because my grandpops used to have um, one in his house, and, um, you know, I noticed when you dial, when you, like, dial one, two, three, and all that, and you have the receiver to your head, you actually kind of, like, hear the clicks. Yeah. Yeah, like, so one is one click, zero is ten clicks, and all that. And then, so when we got a phone at our place, um, I think back, um, at that point, they had started doing this old DTMF thing, which is the tone dialing, and all. So I tried something random, like, okay, what these clicks are, um, if I could simulate the clicks, and all that. So I pick up the phone, and then tap the, you know, that, um, whatever that thing is, the hook. Mm-hmm. when you drop the phone right yeah. so tap once for one tap two for two tap three for three three yeah. times and all that and i could successfully dial the number are you serious doing that. yes that's interesting yeah so i mean it's like apparently the exchange was still backward compatible i mean i so i'm guessing that's exactly what the rotary phone was doing with the with the clicks was or something I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, I think that's what the rotary phones were doing with the clicks. And it was interesting to figure out that, okay, so I could do this as well. So, anyway, yeah, that's that. that. Um, it was what? just something random that came to mind last night. And See, I would never have thought of doing that because it seems very counterintuitive. Like, you're hanging up multiple times and then the call engages. Yeah. 
um, but that's just like the protocol for sending the signal across the wire. Random question, what's the full meaning of DTNF? I don't know. God, what do you know? Um, I speak <laughs> English and JavaScript. Anyway. DTMF. Dual tone multi... Shit. Dual mode multi-tone frequency, I suppose. You suppose? Yeah. What do you know? What do you have? Uh, well, I know more than you do. That's true. That is true. <laughs> That's why it's your show now. Yeah. I'm just a perpetual guest here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Did you confirm that's what it actually means? Mm, to our mode multi-tone frequency? Yes. yes. Okay. No, that's like memory from like 10 years ago. Uh, so I'm not confirming that now. Do you want me to confirm that? No, it's close. Quite sure. I trust your judgment. <laughs> I trust your judgment on this. Okay. Um, okay, so I, I said I had a weird thought. Um, I, I used to draw and yeah. sometimes still do. And I was thinking of creating a character, right? Yeah. Um, now, the the regular guy, um, the re- I, I like Batman. Batman's my favorite superhero. So. Okay, not dual mode. Dual tone multi-frequency. Okay. Okay, so, Google set me straight. So it was my, it was my <laughs> error to trust you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yes, a character. And um, I like very normal people with very, like, how do I put it? Superman is like super powered, yeah. right? And Batman is normal with gadgets to make him who he is. Yeah. I lean more towards the gadgets to make you who you are kind of hero. Even though I don't like Iron Man because he's very cocky. But <laughs> my point is I, I like the upgrade versus the inane, powerful, innate, powerful character. Yeah. Anyways, so I was thinking of... Um, a character that I, you know, and the thing that crossed my mind was a guy with an umbrella. That sounds weird, but honestly, think about it. It actually makes a very decent concept because, I mean, a fairly realistic concept because you yeah. have Internet of Things, right? Mm-hmm. We have, so we have basically regular devices that could become programmable, mm-hmm. right? So then my mind starts wondering. What would a programma- programmable umbrella be like? Is that why you're holding onto your umbrella right now? No, it's because I forgot it here last time. So I'm just making sure I don't. But um, <laughs> maybe that's why I was started thinking of the character. I'm like, where's my umbrella? Um, but yes, so a programmable umbrella. What would that be like? Right? And I was thinking it would be really cool if, like, when you open the umbrella up, like, you could, from your phone, mm-hmm. like, send a signal to it. And chill, chill. I'm chill. listening. I'm Send waiting. a signal to it, and it becomes like a, a quadcopter is not the right word, but it turns like it actually like spins and can take off. And so why don't you just press a button on the umbrella? For well, you time? could do that. Either. Like I'm not, I'm not um, picky on the mood that it goes in. <laughs> okay. the, the thing that triggers the mood, the fact is, it can go into that mode, and it could take off. Right. And then that gives you now with now with the flying umbrella you like and this shaft and handle right you could have other like sensors built into it right like you could have a camera which you can view from yeah. your phone right so for example guys walking around and um, he's chasing some some bad guys for example 
and then he can just like throw the umbrella in the air and use it as like a drone to like oh. do you get what i mean uh-huh. like track them or whatever but that's, gets a, them. that's a very visible drone though. it is a very visible drone yeah which means the bad guys can shoot it down yeah oh, now here's the interesting part i was also thinking like because the blades like sorry the umbrella opens up to be helicopter blades basically right mm-hmm. what if it was made of like a tough enough material that is bulletproof you get what i mean yeah. or like bullet resistant maybe no proof but you get the idea right i get the idea so well, okay go yeah, on no um i mean you can damn you can still shoot it off its trajectory and trajectory true yeah. yes yes you can of course you can have um on board um gps sensors or something that will make it come back or i don't know come back to Let's where see. it should be after you shoot it right but then depending on the um where speed or the force of the round it's in it can actually trade off course by true. a long shot true yeah. but you know like these are like the okay batman is kind of like how to put it you can you can think about batman as a character and there's some like level of re- believability i don't know if that's yeah, a word, yeah. but he's kind of believable <coughs> even though he's totally unreal like most of his gear is unreasonable yeah right like in real life you don't expect those things to ever exist or work but there's a certain level of if you suspend belief a bit a bit you can yeah. get to that so that's kind of what i was thinking of with this right like with this iot umbrella like what kind of interesting things can you do right and i'm thinking like okay so when the umbrella is basically just a regular umbrella the top end would have like like you could use it as a taser oh okay do you get what i mean like one of the so you could like get into like actual physical combat and like shock people like just like um incapacitate them yeah right um, I was thinking because depending on the length of the umbrella, you could have like um, some sort of like blade inside it that mm-hmm. could eject and so it becomes sort of like a mid-range weapon, like a rapier, mm-hmm. right? And with the taser thing as well, you could electrify the rapier and do you get what I'm going? Yeah, I get you. So I'm like thinking of this character, I'm like, this guy actually sounds kind of cool, like just... He's just a regular dude walking around with his umbrella. Umbrella, man. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. That's like the corniest name. Like, But what else would people call him? He could have a name just like... Like what? I don't know, like an alias, like... Uh, Shadow. Well, you have to... Come on. Oh my god. Why would anybody call him Shadow? Just because he wears all black and has a black umbrella and he <laughs> operates at nights primarily. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't have to be called Umbrella Man. That's like corny. Who would be scared of a guy called Umbrella Man? Even if he's the most terrifying villain. <laughs> Penguin! Penguin has umbrellas that can... In Penguin in the Batman series has umbrellas that does stuff. Nobody calls him Umbrella Guy. Okay. So. Alright. Yes, but I was thinking... Well, like, back to the whole Batman being kind of realistic but not fully realistic. How close? Like, if if there was an inter- Internet of Things umbrella, what would that look like? What would you What would you put into an Internet of Things umbrella? I'm thinking. 
um, weather sensors. Let me know when it's about to rain. But you already have the umbrella, so do you really need that sensor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, come with me. You have the umbrella anyway. Mm, I can't tell, really. Really? Yeah. I would put a GPS locator inside it. Okay. So. What for? To let you know where you are. No, I can leave the umbrella. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, let's say I was... Yeah, so you can leave it somewhere to let you know when it's about to rain as well. I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> no, you have a valid point. You have a valid point. That's the exact same use. But then why would you care if it's raining in Badagri right now? Like, do you get what I mean? Because my umbrella is there. I just want an umbrella locator. That's why there'll be a GPS on it. On it. If I already have a... If I have an Internet of Things umbrella, it's not going to be cheap. So I want to be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably going to cost more than your phone. Yeah, it will. So I want to know where that umbrella is at all times. And when you say my phone, you mean this phone I'm using right now, right? No, that phone is not <laughs> like doesn't even doesn't even understand HTTP. No. I think it does to an extent. Really? I don't know. Just sticking around. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> it doesn't even under, like can it render HTML? No, no, it can't. No, it that can't. phone can't render no. HTML. Just so no. Text. So my, my umbrella would officially be smarter than it. How, how do you feel about that? Anyway, um, have you ever had this, um, has this question ever crossed your mind? Um, you, you pay a photographer to come take the photo shoot of you, right? Um, I've never done that. Hypothetically. Okay. Then it's not a thought that's crossed my mind. God. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. And um, it takes a couple of pictures. So it takes um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. These guys usually take about 15 pictures or something. Okay. And then it sends you two or three mm-hmm. because, hey, that's what you paid for, right? Like, it's, right. it's, it's giving you his best work. Right. And it's discarding the, the rest. 13. Um, who, owns, who owns the right to those other ones? Can you actually request that it gives you everything? Because, you know, most photo- photographers are usually like, they won't release anything that is subpar, right? They don't want it associated to them. So they are and just going to give you the best work with their logo on it so they can say, hey, I did that. I did that. Um, That's a legal question. Yeah, like, do you have the right to the orders? Do you have the right to demand that it gives you the orders? I don't think so. You don't think so? I doubt that. Is that something we should check up? Um. Um, is there a photographer you're trying to bully right now? No, no, no. It was just a thought across my mind. You know, we did. Um, we had this photo shoot in the office the other day. Right. Where they were like, um, most of the pictures they took didn't turn out well, but then only two were posted on Slack as the best. I posed for a couple of pictures. I want to see what I look like. <laughs> then that begs that begs you... that begs the question of um. Are those pictures actually mine? You understand, like they're not yours. They're they're not mine. I don't think so. They're not yours. That's so, like so. The, okay, so the, so, different? so the time I spent, maybe not oh mine. Like God. for the office, right? You're no, just ask. Okay, so the time I spent actually, like you know, I mean, I posed for this shit. I tried to hold a face for a couple of seconds. It's not something you do normally for this picture, mm. right? And then it was taken. But did you enjoy it? So I think I even if I did not, then I think I need to get something for my sweat. I need to even be able to see what that looks like. Don't oh worry, God. photographer. You think it's not your best work? Fine, 
it's a picture on my computer. It's a picture I can use as my wallpaper sometimes. You know, you can just ask reasonably instead of going the legal route, right? It was, that's what I'm saying. I can ask, right? Yes. You should but ask. It was, yeah, I should. But it was just, a, it was just something that now oh, crossed right my mind. Like, now, yeah, now I now just thought of the legal um, side of things. Like, wait, um, you know, I'm not sure if you remember this um, picture, um, this story. Think from like two years ago or something. This um, camera um, photographer um, misplaced this camera in the woods. He found it later, but apparently a monkey had um, stolen the camera for a bit and was taking selfies of itself. Is a lie. You never heard of this. Never. Are you serious? Like I feel like you're lying to me right now. No, a no. monkey stole his camera yeah. to take selfies. Yeah. Yeah. So if I type monkey selfies into Google, like I would find <laughs> this yes. story. It was there was a copyright issue that came out of it. What is the copyright issue? The monkey sued him that's, for his no, picture. No, no. So that's the thing, right? <laughs> there was now the question of these pictures are kind of like first of a kind pictures that are tied to a particular story, right? Now, Who when this yeah when this story is published, who owns? Pictures. pictures you understand like you know there's always this source or accreditation or paying some license to use this picture in this story so it's like who owns the who owns the pictures right but at the end of the day i think um they ended the story by um um what's it called changing the old creative commons i don't know basically just looking at it like well um it doesn't um if a non-human takes a picture a non-human that is also a living thing takes a picture the picture goes into public domain Okay. So it's free for you. So even the photographer has no right. The owner of the camera has no right, right. to the picture. Or rather, everyone has equal rights. Every, yeah, everyone has equal rights to the pictures. Yeah, right. That kind of thing. So that's how... So you understand? So it's like... I that's can't believe that's much. a thing. I can't believe that's a thing. Like, <laughs> but you can see the... Yeah, I can. I'm very surprised. Nice smileys and whatnot. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, back to this. I don't think the the reason why I don't think you have the right to it, the reason why I don't think you have a right to it is simply because, um, what was I going to this? If a painter painted your, painted a portrait of you. Okay. For whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You don't own the right to that. It's their creative work. You are the subject, but it's their work. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the photographer. So what they choose to do with their work is up to them, whether you are the subject or not. As long as they had your permission, which they did when you, I mean, like, even though this, I don't think it was a written and signed contract, but like it was impl implicit, right? Yeah. Yes. So it became her work. It's like, it's like, if she took the pictures of you and then you refuse to pay and then you just legally demand them because do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. That doesn't that doesn't seem right. That might actually be a legal thing you can do, but that doesn't seem like it should make sense or work. I guess yeah. So I think there's something I'll still like um read up on because the pictures um the links I'm seeing on Google right now are not really saying much, just uh Talking about taking people's pictures in public places and all that, which we already know anyway, it's their right. It's illegal yeah. to take in some jurisdictions anyway. It's legal to take people's pictures, and um, I'm sure you know of. Uh, I think there are celebrities today 
that have kind of um, um, made it such that um, when paparazzi take their photographs, I know they own the rights. Interesting. To whatever picture is taken. Do you know any celebrity that has that right now? Yeah, like I actually read about one. I can't remember her name. It's a lady. I can't remember her name right off the bat right now. But mm -hmm. yeah, she basically makes the market bad for paparazzis right now because they can take a picture and then write a story and put that picture that they took of her without her permission on it. Which, well, falls into the old if you take a picture of a bystander, then. It's not your picture. You need mm -hmm. to blow out anything that makes the person visible in the picture. You know, stuff like that. So that was basically like what started like just turning into my head. Like, hey, um, photographers waste a lot of um, pictures these days because it's not my best work and I'm going to junk it, right? Mm. Pro to protect themselves and their image, their brand. And you're like, uh, I think I should have a right to that. Anyway, that's that's that. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you should, but I also don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think you should. I don't think you have a case here in any right. form. And if you do, the sad, sad world we live in. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any? I'm still thinking about my Internet of Things umbrella. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm just like trying to think how like what I could, but. This leads to the wider question. I, I I think the other day I saw a discussion about like inter Internet of Things in Africa, yeah. and um, I think my thoughts on that were no internet, no light. What are you? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, I think I saw your comments on radar or something. Yes, yeah. I was like, like that doesn't seem like a very viable. Like maybe not now. It's not that it's not going to ever be a thing, but right now the conditions aren't right. But nothing stops us from trying to think about it today like i mean i don't think we have our iot umbrella anywhere but you know it's not stopping me from thinking so if there was something that would be uniquely african or maybe just nigerian or Lagosian, mm -hmm. what would that thing be that would that we could build as like tech people you know um like Things that were proprietary devices or things that we can actually make now, for example. Yeah. I mean, like, I think like a water, like an automatic pumping machine, that seems like one, right? You just have a sensor that can tell the level Is of the water, water in the low? tank. Yeah. And if it does, it sends a signal to this thing that turns on the pumping machine. But things then, like that already exist. That's my point. But yeah. you, like, do you get what I mean? Like, this is, we can, it's, it's, how do I put it? We can build that. Yeah. You can go and buy an Arduino and like the right sensors and do this. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's like, that's something. It's not like you can't go off. off Measure your water consumption rate. Uh, no, that. Like, I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah, because you can measure, okay, you get uh, this load this often. So yeah. you use this number of virals per day or per week or something. That is Shit true. like that. Um, I actually hadn't thought of the calculation aspect of it, which is a kind of like the main thing about IoT, right? Being able to like put something in the field and get data from it. Yeah. Um, so your automatic pumping machine starter could also tell you what your water usage is like when you use, when you guys use the most water and um, I don't know. 
I guess it can also um, like the thing it can also measure the quality of water being pumped into your house. Yeah, I guess that. I guess. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just looking through tech about right now, trying to pick out interesting news that um, went on this week, and then I'm I happened on this article. It's like PHP is in shit. Your mindset is. Um, now, um, this uh, reminded me of um, I don't know. This reminds me of a couple of arguments in the past. I think I've seen a couple of these on radar as well with people arguing, you know, I hate PHP, bash the language, and all that. And for some to feel a need to defend the language, I think that's actually like a wrong way to go about it, because so far so good. I think we've come to um, understand that it's not about the language, it's what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, PHP is kind of like, in a, it's, it's not, ex- you can't exactly say it's in a class of its own. It's in a class along with a number of other scripting languages that do just what it does. Perhaps the engine in the back that interprets your scripts can be optimized, further optimized to do stuff faster, perhaps with PHP and other. But same can be said for the other languages in that in that category. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know if it's just limited to the engine, or I don't think it's just limited to the engine or the capabilities of the language but there's also a wider ecosystem of things yeah right like when we talk about node.js i don't think we're talking about it in exclusion from npm yeah npm is part of that whole environment that we're factoring it in yeah and so um when so when people are comparing languages i don't think it's a direct one-to-one translation like oh can you make a request to a remote server from my language yes can you do it in yours yes can i do this in my language yes can i do that no but there's the whole ecosystem availability of tools use cases like when modern things come up things like um socket io yeah is there like a php library that does you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. those paradigms like can i do react can i render service like you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm using React front end, but I also want to do server side rendering. Can I do that? With, is there some way I can drive that with PHP? Like, it might be some like, because the server side is in JavaScript. Maybe you have to go jump through a bunch of hoops to get that to happen. Yeah. But I think that's what they mean, and I think it's fair for them to have these discussions about like, is this language good or is my language better? You know, like. Personally, I like PHP. I have no no qualms with PHP. Um, I just it's just not what I use. How do I put it? I've never written in PHP before. Wow. For myself. Yeah. Um, um, I've supervised a number of projects in the past that um, made use of PHP, mm-hmm. but I've actually not. Um, for me, it's um, it's um, it's not exactly because oh I have uh, some weird beef for the language or something because I think like I said earlier it's um, it's not the tools but what you can make out right. of them I know um, but I think um, I've not just um, settled down into the syntax of it it's um, it's something that looks weird and odd really to me. yeah and maybe coming from the languages that 
um, coming from languages I've been using prior to that, um, C, C sharp and all that, um, getting used to the dot notation of things, and dot notation when you want to do stuff. But then dot... Dot notation when you want to concatenate strings? No, when you want to address members of um, objects or classes or something. You understand? And okay. then uh, in PHP, the fact that I had to hold the shift button and then press two keys um, equal to and carry and all that. No, like, so that's, that's like just, that's an additional three things I need to do um, as against just eating one key. That's, like I said, it's not like some weird beef. It's just that oh. syntax um, and addressing stuff. Like, ah, you know, I'll just, and it's not like my other languages are not good enough anyway, can't get the job done. So just go ahead and get shit done. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But here's the thing. I know you write JavaScript now, yeah. even for some personal projects. Yeah. But that is vastly different from where you came from. So why is PHP different? But at least uh, when I'm, I'm addressing um, a member of an object, I just press dot, not. And um, they all kind of still follow the ECMAScript type um, notation. Um, braces to encapsulate code, um, code blocks. Okay. And all that, yeah. Same so, thing in PHP. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, yeah, braces to encapsulate um, code blocks, a yeah. dot to address um, a member of an object, um, stuff like that. Um, a plus to concatenate stuff. Yeah, a couple of a couple of languages follow this um, paradigm, which right. yeah, which I kind of just feel at home using them as against. Okay, I get you. Um, personally, I. <clears throat> Okay, you're back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I maybe because I started writing with PHP, so it maybe it, it might look completely strange, but yeah. it doesn't feel strange to me. Like even switching back and forth between PHP and um, other languages. Well, and JavaScript. Yes, <laughs> between PHP and JavaScript, I feel no like. There's no weirdness in going back and forth, like. Um, I, I don't see it. Like I'm I'm trying to like no, like like I said, I get I get you and I'm um I'm not asking you to try to convince me to No, I'm like, I'm also not trying to convince yeah, you. I'm so just trying to it's, see it's, it's it's like just um I'm just trying to think think through and see, okay, okay was there some time where I was like, uh uh-huh, this doesn't feel Well yeah, you just like said it, that was the first language you used. Right. So it, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. it's, that that that's home to you. True. It's no more. It's not something you happened. I don't have here. anything to compare it against. Yeah. So I from, couldn't have been like, oh wow, why are we doing it this way? Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. I get I get what you're saying in that yeah. regard. Then, that that that's that's pretty much it. Um, if anybody wants to use PHP to run whatever it is that they want to do today, I have no problem with that. I mean, um, um, it's pretty much the most widely used widely used language on the internet today yeah so that speaks for itself already that there's something the language is doing right or there's something people can do ubiquity great is what it's doing you understand so yeah you can pick any <coughs> random box on the internet and guaranteed you can run php on it exactly um, that's interesting but for something so widely spread like i don't know that the package managers are like the best Unfortunately, well, because the the kind the sense of packet management was not exactly, um, how would I put it, um, priority. No, 
that's not, like back then that wasn't what people were concerned about we were more concerned about um download my this is my script this is um this module that i've written somewhere on the internet you know you can download it and use it to do xyz mm. and all that um i think npm um, it's uh, like well let's say starting with ruby was kind of what brought about that idea of um centralized repository yeah centralized for... repository for packages and all that for programming languages of course mm. we've had um you can to apt get on Linux boxes mm. or stop to install applications, but bringing that paradigm into programming languages, Ruby sort of popularized it. Mm. Then npm took it to the node, and npm took it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Now other languages are doing stuff like doing Go. Yeah, Go is doing something similar. Microsoft with um, NuGet, NuGet mm. packages have been doing something similar as well. But then it's easy for those guys because. It's easy for like a Microsoft because well, um, um, they are like this. Um, how would I put it? Um, sole proprietor of some sort right. of that ecosystem, right? Um, so they can dictate this what is goes on, what goes on. I know. Um, with Node, we've kind of all given it to Mr. Isaacs that yeah, this is your thing and all that, and this works because <laughs> yeah. We, you understand where I'm, where I'm I, I get you. You but just made it sound what, like we all gathered and we all talked about it. There was a yeah, serious discussion. Yeah, but with um, PHP, it's kind. It's very fragmented. Hmm. It's a language that has been in use for over 10, over 15 years today, right? So everybody has come up with their ideas, with their own ideas over the years and all that. So, well, it is what it is today. Hmm. I think Composer is doing pretty well. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you're if you have, to, I think Composer is the default package manager. Yeah. Like, sorry, the preferred ecosystem package manager. Yes. But there's another one, and I keep forgetting what it's called. Uh, damn it! But there's another one in the ecosystem that I think is was before Composer, but Composer is now like the modern, cool. If you're doing PHP, this is the way you should be okay. managing your packages. So I don't know. Um, tell me about Composer. I actually like. I I've just heard about it. I think I've read about it um, sometime in the past. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't it, know. What, like what makes it cool? Is it like it's? I wish I could tell you exactly what makes it cool. Is it JSON like or something? Mm, yeah, there's a Composer dot JSON file. The descriptor, right? Yes, okay. there is one, but. I can't like my my experience with composer is like very fl uh, fleeting because by the time I discovered composer I'd already started writing like node okay so like um, I got you there like that time I was just trying to publish a small app on um, Heroku and there was a package I needed to install and then I now found out the way um, Heroku even does PHP code management is through Composer. Yeah. So then I now have to figure out how oh, to okay. install that package through Composer. Composer locking locking all the versions and everything. And by the time I was done, I was like, okay, like I wish I'd known about this a bit. But most of my PHP thing, if there was ever a quote, I'm going to put serious air quotes around this before people start attacking me. Okay. But if there was ever a framework I used, like I leaned on it would have been WordPress. That's what I. That's the environment I mostly wrote PHP in. 
are so you don't need composer there like you could use it but it's not the environment itself doesn't like composer is not the default like you don't install the new wordpress version from composer you don't like install plugins through composer or things like that so i got you there yeah. all right um i don't know i'm so still looking through the page i'm not exactly seeing anything interesting anything we've not touched on in the past and all that so i guess um anyway um you know uh, I'll, this guy came to my house yesterday uh Mayowa, one of the co-founders of um Kleindevot. and then we had this of what Kleindevot, the office i walk out of an island oh right 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 the other guy that i didn't meet yeah that you didn't meet and we had this long interesting conversation you know we're just talking you listen to the episode Mm. Um, episode. You two. forced him to listen to it. No, he had apparently listened. Oh wow! Prior, so he was just um, he had this feedback, comments, and all that. Um, basically, a continuation of Larry's um, discussion. Larry's discussion, and um, I don't know. In talking to him, I kind of figured, hey, this would be someone that would be nice to have on the show sometime. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a developer like us. He's a hardcore developer, but then over the years, they've been running this. Um, shop since um, 2008 or 7 okay. late 2007 so it would um have and they've been consistent pretty consistent they've evolved with the times as well so i'm sure that's someone that would have a lot of um insight right. as well to give regarding hey this um this is how we've been able to combat uh, with sales, trying to get um, the market to appreciate what we're doing, you know. How to so, sell software how to in Africa. Su- you understand, how to, how to, yeah, exactly, how to trade sell software in Africa. Because um, one thing they've also come to discover is that um, selling software, getting people to pay for software is hard. Yes. You, um, it's, um, more, it's more reasonable or it's more efficient to try and figure out how to monetize the user while they are making use of the product than actually... Get them to write a check. Yeah, exactly, to write a check for using the product, you know. So, that's also more scalable because there's less barriers to them getting into the door. And when they're in the door, you can get critical mass and do something with that. Do some, exactly. So, yeah, I can exactly pick out a couple of things that... um, is, is, that is that he said um i would rather he just says that himself so maybe perhaps um two or three or five episodes down the line or something will probably bring in me why not, why not next episode <laughs> why not the next i don't know i don't know what our plans are i mean we just this is kind of random true um which also reminds me um i've been talking to a couple of people and i'm now this is the opposite end of the spectrum yeah um two people i spoke to one isn't a techie at all she doesn't write code she doesn't like she's not target audience for this podcast she's not any like do you get, not, not yeah. that she's not anything that sounds wrong <laughs> what i mean is she's not a tech person yeah right? but she runs a an online service um or rather she she writes and um is building a community online and i thought it would be interesting to get to hear and see her perspective you know like um we bring her on the show talk to her find out what she's trying to do how she's been going about it 
why she even chose a digital medium in the first place, the challenges, the opportunities. Yeah. That'll, that'll be a very nice thing to bring on board. Yeah. I, I, I think um, I think we, we we can literally bring anybody on, um, on board on this show, regardless, sure. right? Because, sure? yeah, because anybody? Yeah, anybody. Even if they don't do anything techie? Even if they don't do anything So techie. I can bring my makeup. You can really because I mean um, we have um, people like um, what's it called? People like um, is it Tommy Walker or something? On that's his handle and radar, creating apps like Obi, um, which is um, supposed to be this app where you can record um, voice audio snippets, audio snippets, right? Oh yeah, I remember that. Right? You understand things like that. You now, tried it. How did? This? Oh, sorry. First. Okay. So um, now he needs validation from the audience mm -hmm. to like know if they will actually use this or something right, right? it's not techies that you expect to make use of that it's um the everyday I... it's the everyday person or some poet or something that would probably be making use of right. that so they really don't need to have anything to do with technology so i, I kind of see this as a platform of conversation and um educating people or giving people insights to how or um, giving programmers, developers, insight into how the everyday man thinks. Um, right. Because we're having to, a conversation between us, but yeah. then nothing stops us from having conversations with people who are techies and... You understand. So just talk, I hate so the word techies. Why are you using that? <laughs> I don't know. God. You use I that. apologize, audience. <laughs> so, you know, even if it's your mega or something, I don't know. Yeah. You might just discover some gem in there somewhere yeah. and you're like, oh, wait. You oh. might have some cool ideas for an Internet of Thing umbrella. <laughs> yeah. I haven't forgotten. Are you comparing yourself to me, God? No, but I'm saying that like, you might have some really dope ideas. Like, you know. Yeah, but anyway, so that's that's that. So I think there, there was something interesting you told me, though, that you mentioned. It was like how many the of... Guide. Um, yeah, the me guide. Um that many of, um, I think he, he, he kind of said his mother kind of made him who he is today. Um, he used to apparently work in a shop when she was much younger, right? Mm -hmm. When he when he was much younger, rather. And um, <laughs> I think he spelled M-A-I, not M-A-Y. I'm just, I'm just, because I'm wondering, I, I don't know why that word came up, but I'm trying to see what, like, with the origin of the word. Okay. Yeah, um, and, um, anyway, um, moving on. Hmm. Uh, he noticed that when he sells pure water, mm -hmm. a bag of pure water, he, he actually makes more margins from that. A bag of pure water made more margins than a, what's it called, than a, a can of uh, milk. Right. Right, that's um, the normal powdered milk before, right? right. And then... Um, what's it called? It probably makes like, so to put um, numbers in perspective, it probably makes it like 10 era mm -hmm. or 20 of selling that. It's a, it's more revenue, but it's less of a slim profit. Mm -hmm. But then you sell a bag of pure water and you can easily make 50 naira of that. So it kind of, and his mom, his mom apparently was also doing this. She basically went, she followed the money. Yeah, if if you get if you get my drift, basically you know um stock more pure water, stock more of the things that would actually bring in revenue, right? And profit, um, you mean? Sorry, bring in profit. Yeah. And that way, right now she has several shops all over Lagos today, from that. 
Con- Interesting. Yeah. Um, if you're going to, in contrast, right? I think very, we should interview his mom. <laughs> a stark contrast to that would be his dad. His dad had an, um, as an MBA. Um, but today, all his businesses have closed. Um, Are we allowed to be talking about his personal life like this? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, it's um, <laughs> nobody knows him right now. We're, right now, until we bring him on the <laughs> we're show, we're basically I'm like, talking hey. about some hypothetical at the moment. Anyway, um, okay. Um, I think his dad, his first break was from like a game shop that he started, right? Really? Exactly. So that that made a lot of returns. That made a lot of money and all that. And then you know, this guy decides like, okay, you know what? It's time to go full business, right? Um internet isps and whatnot are beginning to be um, getting popular in nigeria let me go into the telecommunications business at uh, the whole and you made enough office, money from the game thing to do to that to do that wow fancy office room full of computers all over the place and all that but two years down the line the business folded up oh, damn. because it was heavy overhead mm. little revenue uh, I'm sorry, little profits, right? Yeah. That um, were not enough to justify all the profit. whole milk versus pure water business. You understand? And right. um, this is something I think. Um, I mean, um, it's something I think um, software developers are actually like missing. Um, yeah. As against, identify where your cash flow is. Identify what would actually bring money, mm-hmm. and play on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Play on that. Um, amplify your efforts on that. Make sure it brings in more. Make sure it can bring in the most, the most money it can. As against um, having this fancy product that you think the whole world is going to now, and then trying to push it on everybody, right? Because right, where you're running very expensive servers. And... You, un- you understand? Because at the end of the day, right? Um, I think there's this quote that says, "When you realize you are ahead of the market, nobody's saying it's a bad thing to be ahead of the market. But if you, if you are if by any chance you're ahead of the market, right, um, you should better make sure you have a lot of money to hold you on until, until the market, the market can... catches up with you. Because if not, you're just going to be there. You're probably going to die. And then the guy who comes with more money moves and gets the market and actually has the clout to Always like... Always the market catches up. Yeah, exactly. You know, things like that. So, um, little, little snippets or sorry gems of knowledge that i got from the conversation yesterday and something i think um, our listeners should uh, hear of as well that's that's very interesting i i'd been i don't know if this was actually i don't think this made it into the recording but um after episode after recording episode two larry and i were having a chat and um we're talking about like like investment in general and yeah. i was like if i ever had to invest money i don't think i'd have i don't think i'll ever invest in a tech company yeah ever. i think i remember you saying that i would never i'll i'll find a more traditional line of business and invest in that and the reason is because of what you've just said tech companies are seem to like they don't they don't have a realistic appreciation of money in this world <laughs> so like if you, if you go and meet somebody on the street to start a business if you told them I, I'll bring one millionaire. They would be head over heels. They like things are ready to go, like plans. Yep. If you, yep. if I brought one millionaire, I'd start a pure retailing business, a pure retailing 
We're good to go. Yeah, good to go. Good to Straight go. Up. Tech people, you bring one million naira. It's only it's only older What's for that? like one or two months or something. Thank and you. Like, I'm uh, like, and then it's like so so like there you go. Like <laughs> I, this this doesn't make sense to me. Like I'd rather a more traditional, simpler to understand business model and put my money into that. So um, that's just me personally. So yeah. I'm, I'm not an investor. So like guys, don't have to worry about any. <laughs> This thing or any, my my point is this is just my personal thoughts. But that whole concept of being able to identify the day to day, day to day, you know what's even interesting? Uh, my dad did something recently. He opened an ice cream, and a, a small like store that sells ice cream, shawamas and things. Yeah, he sells mobile phones, right? Mobile phones. This is the exact same conversation. Mobile phones have high cost high yeah. revenue like when you sell a product like you bring in 20 30 50 80 100 in yeah. but how much of that is really profit is really profit and yeah. the scary part is that very often not even one percent very often not even one percent so you buy an iphone for 160 something thousand naira, or however much these things go for mm-hmm. and one percent of that is what 1,600? Yeah. Barely. And Sometimes. that's kind of like the profit on it. Yeah. In, in many scenarios. So you really need to move a lot of that. Thank you. It's, 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 selling mobile phones is a volume game. Or, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's multiple strategies to it, but typically you need to go for volume. You can't bank on selling an iPhone a week and, like, because you have 160-something thousand are coming in. Like you're good, you know what I mean. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that yeah. way. But then now he's started this ice cream and trauma thing, and the margin, the profit margin on, for example, a cup of ice cream is about at least two hundred percent what he puts into it. Interesting. So he can sell like if he sold maybe like three or four ice creams in a day, he would make the money the profit mm-hmm. of him selling one iPhone, but the likelihood of him selling one iPhone versus four cups of ice cream, you know, completely different ballgame. And, and so this is the exact thing you're talking about. Like yeah. he has this thing where he has a lot of like, um, revenue coming in from this, but slim profit margins. And then you'll have this other thing where there's not as much revenue, but, but, the, profit, pro- but yeah. the profit is just because yeah. um, apparently his mom also tried to sell phones when GSM first came into Nigeria. She tried to expand into that, mm-hmm. bought um, a SIM card, bought a phone, and was like, you know, like in Wait, her SIM card, bought a phone. No, she bought a SIM card, bought a phone. Oh, okay, and sure. then like a regular businesswoman was like, you know what? Um, this is something nice. I should probably start selling this as well. Mm-hmm. It didn't take a couple of months before she stopped right. that. You know, realizing. Nah, this is not the way to go. Yeah. Guess what she picked up instead? Huh. Um, um, when this fine yoga thing became all the rave and all that, was like, um, let's see. I um, talked to a couple of people selling. I was like, oh wow, you you have to be shitting me. This is how much you guys make by selling each of these ones. Talked to the fine yoga company and all that, and became some distributor in our area for that because. Exactly, which still goes back to the old, you know, follow the money mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, not it's not by the big figures, right? It's by what exactly is the, the profits profit. you are making. Those big figures are vanity metrics. <laughs> <laughs> you understand, and which which is why, uh, you know, when you look at 
I don't know. I think how we got into the convers how we got into that conversation was you know like I said follow up from um our last episode when we're talking about um what's it called um founders funding um whatnot and all and then it's like so you know, Gary yeah but then you no know, so we're just talking about this bit where you know, it's like um you know, this this guy has been running this is small um, software shop right um. You say small, but yeah, it's small in the sense that well, he was running lean, right, on his own, um, on his own. Um, sorry, I'm not talking about this guy right now. I'm talking about an hypothetical guy. Oh, yeah. So he has this product that he has put out on the market, and a couple of people are using it, right? right. He's making, uh, he's making money from it or not? I don't know, but mm. at least it's doing well. It's doing well enough for some investor to like see and see potential, and you know what, be like, make some offers. Hey, um, nigga, take um five hundred thousand dollars, or take a million dollars, and uh, let's do something. Give me twenty percent stake in your business, and let's see how this thing can flow from here. Um, it's funny how the first instinct of a of the regular developer, or well, you know, start. will be to take that money, hire the best people he can find, increase overhead. Simply because he thinks, well, this money would um, is enough to let me run for like another two years or something, right? And you turn up, man. <laughs> you understand? All the clubs would know that. No, no, no. Well, well, still, let, let's still fuck the clubs. Let's still just assume he's spending all this money on the business, right? The interesting thing is, the market, you know, in, in immediately becomes even less... Um, more cash negative than it was, even if it was, and that's if it was even cash negative before, right? Right. Because it means, um, for some reason, you probably had ten thousand paying users or right. something, right? But that new Making, funding and the new scaling up doesn't double your the, exactly. You your now, you users. now, you now spend. You hire someone from a bank, you know, someone you trust. You hire someone from I don't know, from a big software company, well established. You try to up their salaries to, to be able to, to make them, to make to them join. You understand? So you've increased the overhead by probably five hundred percent or something, right? But your revenue, your revenue is still the same. But then the hope is that or slowly climbing. Yeah, of course, slowly climbing, right? Your hope is that um, at the end of the day, this um, these guys will put in this effort, will put in whatever whatever magic it is that they are going to perform to ensure that. Um, your user, your user base, your paying customers, or the services you you can offer to get them to pay or to get them to stay, eventually scales up to that, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's that question of how long, right? Which is the mistake most people make, right? They don't, they don't, they don't exactly like look at this. Oh, I said, okay, these are the figures coming in today. Um, is that what they refer to as runway? Yeah. How much runway you have? Like, do you, you have under- eighteen months left? Do you it? understand, right? Oh, so yeah. you're like, okay. I've kind of put things into motion, right? And um, I have 18 months left for... Or putting this into motion will give me 18 months left before my customers catch up with me. Looking at my customers, my customer base, looking at um, what exactly I intend to do in the next 18 months, how realistic is it that this figure of my paying subscribers will eventually match up with? Because... You know, um, I and that would only bring you back to square one. Exactly. You know, before you know it, you are back at the table again, looking for new funding, and they're like, "Okay, okay so how have you performed in the last two years?" And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I've caught <what>? up. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught up to where I was where you gave me the money the first time." You understand? So yeah, 
yeah stuff like that i think um that's something interesting to actually look into when you're starting something new when you're starting out and um you know it's not all about hey we've received um this amount of funding and especially if you've <laughs> soaked gary to yeah. get to where you are today you understand you know um i mean um in the past right um did, did people celebrate when they got loans from banks to run their businesses people still do celebrate when they get loans from banks people celebrate right yeah like throw parties and then i don't know about throw and parties, then get congratulations but... congratulations to this guy you know because he, yeah you get what i'm saying right? i get i get yeah. what you're saying because like we sell we over celebrate the the funding, funding as an achievement. Yeah, it is. Like, a, it like, is an make, achievement, no, right? The, because if no, you more, someone has more like someone has like as if it's an end, like as if I'm now a one million dollar. I'm valued at one million dollars. That is like an end to itself. Yeah, and, but that is just a. That's like a, a step it, in it, the it, journey. Yeah, it's a step, right? Sometimes you, you, I mean, you can even see it as a start in a journey, really. Right. It's a start in its own right, right? Start because of a new chapter. Of a new chapter, right? Because I mean, you've gotten this money because some fate has been put into you that, well, now it's time to do it. Exactly. Right. And I, I think I, I was, yeah. Go on. I think that's why I've always personally, I've always leaned towards um, businesses not start that i if you ask the people like my my good friends they know how much i hate the idea of like startups oh, and startup. startup this uh, startup that like no let's be like be a business try and make money not every day receive funding someday make money you know like <laughs> try to make that money that yeah. is very critical to me and like i'd rather see and i think one of the dangerous things is that as a startup when you start having revenue your valuation goes down because it almost never matches the high expectations and dreams. So it's easier to continue selling a pipe dream <laughs> than when the reality of things hits the it's, table. They're not like, wait a oh second. Shit. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you just kind of reminded me of um, this guy from Silicon Valley. I'm not sure if you watch the show. I've seen like a, a season or two. Okay. This guy that was supposed to be... Um, oh shit, what's his name again? Anyway, he was supposed to be a caricature of Mark Cuban, right? And... It was like you know what, startups with the with uh, the least revenue are the ones that are valued the most, right? Why? Because people believe in whatever it is they are bringing to the table. Like, oh, someday, someday, you, do you have the customer base? Do you have this? Do you have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, someday this will become something big and all that. And it's bad enough that well, we have Twitter as an example to look up to, right? Oh, but then think about it: for every Twitter out there, there are probably a million. Well, maybe million is an overstatement, but it's significant how, percentages. Yeah, exactly. That we are not hearing about today. That have closed shop years ago. But is Twitter even know. profitable? Aren't they still approaching profitability? No, I'm no. What, well, I'm saying this from concepts of they were literally making zero revenue oh. for years, and now they have some money. Okay, so just and they were getting funded they, they went through several rounds of funding in because that period in and them. each round of funding was not even asking after how much it wasn't a question of uh, how well, much are you ask to... that question no, i mean it wasn't zero. even a question of how much we make in the next year now yeah. that we're giving you this money it's how much clout can you get how much of the world can you bring under mm-hmm. your umbrella you know mm-hmm. yeah things like that so but yeah i mean business is business at the end of the day right yeah, and I, I don't know, man. I'm really, 
Um, somebody messaged me um, this last night or this morning, and they're talking about like putting money into African businesses, right? And they're setting up like a a group of people to like think about it, you know, like brainstorm, identify businesses or like verticals they can <clears throat> identify businesses or verticals they can put money into, and. I was thinking about it and like I my, my honest answer to the dude is like honestly I don't think putting money into businesses randomly is a good idea that one there's two there's two criteria to me that make it worthwhile to put money into a business maybe that's why you're not a venture capitalist maybe no that's it <laughs> no, or maybe the fact that I don't have money <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, the, the two criteria is you need a good business yeah and the second criteria is you need a good business owner yeah i can do with a bad business but a good business like a really good business owner and the example that came up was netflix netflix was renting dvds that bit like every other person renting dvds has gone out of business yep so they were in a bad business but somehow they had really good owners that could identify and pivot to the next really good model and from there, pivot to the next really good model. And like they've, so they have, they were, they were a bad business, but they were extremely good business owners. Yeah. It makes sense to give them money to do whatever they want. Even if they don't know what it is today, I trust their judgment. That would allow, that is my investment criteria. Yeah. But then the other one is like you have a good business. Right, mm-hmm. but then you also still need a good manager. You need a good manager. Yes, because at the end of the day. Yes, so um, so th- I mean, th- those are my things. I'm like, if you don't identify that, whatever money you're putting, and banks, that is a bank's job to identify, identify good businesses and good managers, and give them money and collect returns on that money. That is all a bank does to make money. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, they do other things like <laughs> charge you for every time you use their service. <laughs> but typically, that's where majority of the lion's share of their money comes from, their investments mm-hmm. and the returns on their investment. Right. Now, even banks have a hard time identifying small businesses that have that are good businesses and have good managers for them to put that money into. It's really, it's really tough doing that, which is why it's really tough getting a bank loan for your Startup in Nigeria here. You know. Startup. Uh, talk about even <laughs> traditional business that we understand. And we yeah. know that you're selling pure water. Even trying to get investment for that yeah. is still going to be I'm not high. sure if I've um, mentioned this to Okay, yeah, I told you last Saturday. I, I mentioned it last Saturday, right? Um, where uh, I think a couple of years back, mm-hmm. I wanted to start a poetry, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yes, you did. You and mentioned that. Agriculture is supposed to be that thing everybody talks about in Nigeria. It's what Nigeria is supposedly known for. I mean, when it comes to exports, right? You mean besides oil? Yeah, besides oil. Okay. Yeah. Just clarify. <laughs> yeah, agriculture, right? And like, I mean, you expect. I was actually promised by the account manager that, hey, when you walk into this bank, is it agriculture? Right. Short thing, no problem. We'll give money out. We'll give the money out. But I mean, at the end of the day, obviously, um, the bank did not know who I was. Um, there was there is no history. I had no right. history whatsoever as regards um, what farms I've managed and all that. So I can imagine. Well, that's why I was declined the loan. Right. And all. But I mean, at the end of the day, it goes to what you're saying, right? Um, it's a combination of a good manager. And, and a good, good business. business. The, right. the business might be good, but this manager is probably just going to make all the wrong decisions yes. and eventually they won't be able to recoup their money. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
Why do we? Okay, so that was my whole thing. And then a startup now, people come with a good idea. Now, the good idea might actually even be a good business. But are you a good manager as well? Yeah. Those are the things. And then you see the decisions some people make as soon as they get funding, you know, like buy nicer offices. You understand spend, that, you know, right, right. Buy, <laughs> which, what, which, what did those guys at Secret do? They bought like Lamborghinis <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah. good judgment, guys. You understand? So, yeah, exactly, right? There's something you're obviously doing right before that funding came in, right? Yes. There was something you were doing right. There was, was something. I've been doing right. Yeah, there was something the investors saw in you. Yeah. And trust me, that nicer office, the dudes from Stanford with MBAs, mm-hmm. the expatriates that you're hiring are not really what the investor intended, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's the business that's, yeah. I mean, um, I think that's, that's and start chapter. No need very treating ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We got that. Um, that's good. I'm actually looking forward to your hypothetical guy being on the show. Um, so it seems like we have a spectrum of guests lined up, like that we will talk to over the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, so we're going from someone who runs a an a software business in Nigeria and um, who's been selling software since two thousand and seven or eight, um, building and selling software since two thousand and seven and eight. Um, we're looking at someone who works with technology they're not a tech person yeah but they a lot of their business operates in a tech uh, like on digital platforms and we'll get to find out from them and um there's oh there's a third person that i invite that i spoke to um she's a she's a web developer front-end developer uh she has a really really good um front-end blog she talks about all sorts of um, things like they—they're all like very simple ideas, but she goes into so much depth about them. Um, for example, I think one of her more recent posts is about Z index. Okay. Well, well, you're not a front end guy. You probably don't know what Z index. I know what it means. Okay. We use it in um, desktop com- um, programming as well. Placing objects above objects. Thank God. Jesus. Thank God. Like, I, I don't know now. You, you told us that you, you don't like that world. You don't want to go back. No, I'm, no, I'm, just, no I'm just saying, like, um, no, pretty much almost everything that um, nothing is new really in development. You're right. Yeah, nothing is new. Anything you're doing on the web, trust me, it has, it's some modification some or some modernization of something that has always been done in the past, you know, in some way, shape or form. So, yeah. Mm. So, um, sorry, I was saying, so she had a post about Z index in the browser, but then she goes into like many technical details about it, like how Z index is calculated, what order, like what trigger, like it was a very, very well-written post. And even though I know how to use Z index, like, the basics of it there were some things about how it's calculated like some very specifically technical things about it that um i did not know yeah. so um it'll be really interesting to sort of hear i i thought it'd be interesting to hear from her how she started like i don't know that there are that many um female developers in and yeah in the in, ecosystem in yeah in the in ecosystem. ecosystem so I would really look forward to talking with her, um, finding out how she got into this, um, the things she's working on, and what's on her mind. Um, 
any nuggets she has. Um, I, 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 maybe even where to find other female developers. She might have some tips on that in case you're trying to diversify your offices. I don't know. I yeah. just say like it'll be interesting to have, be sit down and yeah, have a conversation have with her. Um, I think. Um, okay, I, I kind of also tried to book them both. My no problem on the same day. No problem. Yeah, so yeah. we can do that. Yeah, there's something fun I have planned, but I won't reveal it on the show until until then, until the day, until that happens. Yes. All right, fine. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, apologies to the background noises and all that. Um, and if there's no background noise, ignore this. Ignore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, this wasn't exactly. I don't know. Anyway, that's about it. <laughs> apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of feel um. So, yeah, I'd like to apologize because of all the background noise I can hear right now in the course of the, um, over the course of the recording. Uh, so yeah. Oh wow! Uh, Nepa just brought light. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time we're recording in darkness, and then they bring light as the show comes to a conclusion. So, um, like Ezra said, thanks once again for listening and. Um, to dry your tears and wipe the rain from my dear like dasher use the dame who's the username to all my passwords the reason i get fly is i've been jasper i even keep your picture in my passport love love
I swear you're looking prettier than ever. It's got to be a prophecy for us to stay together evermore. For better or less support, all worth awaiting buried treasure. X's on the shore, uh. I know my world tours like war to you, but Ian said aloha, and Hardy said cheers. Julian said bonjour, Big O was like yeah. Amanda and Lamessi wanting to win, we going there. Edison sends his love, so does the rest of the club of the international playboys and play girls. But I revoked my membership, all for my tenderness. She said pursue your interests, cause even if I'm ticketless, I'll be there uh, by your side, in your heart, and on your mind. So as I taxi down another runway, I got you. Love you, babe. Now bring it back now. Uh. Let's go to see Paris. Wake up. 